everybody. I'm Maya. I'm Melissa. And I'm Olivia. And we're here to take you back to your, your Twilight days. That one was that uh, sounded really perfect. <laughs> now that we're, you know, in the home stretch of our fourth season, and by home stretch I mean the last the episode. Last. We ah, finally know how to I do our intro. Yeah, but we're gonna come back next season. Oh, it's be gonna like, be all how over do we do? This? How, how do you make a podcast? <laughs> but first, we're here to finish Eclipse. I both like. I feel like we wind our way to the finish line, and now that we're here, I'm like, oh my god, it's over. I don't want Eclipse just to be also. over. I don't want to read break and yeah. Dawn. I'm so excited. I don't. Yeah, I don't want Eclipse to be over because I don't really want to read Breaking Dawn, but I'm I also so excited, really want guys. Eclipse to be over. So <laughs> I want to be at the beginning of Eclipse. Let's reread Twilight next. <laughs> I want to reread no. Twilight. No. We're going forward. We're moving. We're making progress. We're gonna have so much fun doing Breaking Dawn. If we did reread Twilight, we would have new things to say. Oh, well, I, of course, we I would. think a lot about how like Twilight is the best book and it's our worst content because we because went the we fastest just, through it. Yeah. Like listeners, I don't know if you've noticed, we gave up on being efficient and just yeah. do one chapter per episode. We were trying to be cool back in the day, right. and then we well, were like, we're no, like everybody does one chapter. It's just okay. not. Right. Let's yeah. Breaking it up thematically, section by section, <laughs> plot point to plot point. No, nah, we have plenty to bullshit about. I know, about and now I feel like, I know, I was just talking to someone the other day, and they were like, oh, your podcast, should I just, like, start at the beginning? And I was like, please don't start at the beginning. Yeah, don't it's, start it's, at the beginning. It's our, it's, our, it's our worst performance. I want somebody to start at the beginning and, like, tell me what we said. No, I don't, I don't know what happens all. in those episodes. That's a different That's, me. I don't I mean, know her. Who is she? I don't know. Twenty nineteen us. Jesus. Oh my god, we were Doing so different. Still Before different. the pandemic. Yeah. Pre panny. Pre panny. Yeah. We probably did like whole another lifetime. I don't know. Ten or twelve episodes yeah. before the pandemic. Yeah. I was gonna say how many episodes is our first season? I thought it was only like ten or twelve episodes on twilight and now we just really fucking drag it along <laughs> and, yeah and twilight's the shortest book of them all yeah because well, we don't really true. want it to end um but i don't we think also... that's why uh, for me it's because every time i sit down to read i could text well, you guys like hey should we do two chapters this time yeah. but i'm so desperate to be done to with finish. my podcast homework <laughs> that i never want to do two chapters i never want to read more than one and chapter. and every time we try to get through two chapters on the pod the whole time i'm like we gotta keep this shit. we gotta keep going we, we gotta we gotta keep going and keep it moving we've taken too moving. much time for one chapter yeah, we so gotta we, go we gave up. I think for me, when I think about, like, finishing all of the Twilight content, I'm like, well, then we have a big decision to make. And I well, don't like making true. decisions. That's very so, so we'll just start over. I'll just do chapter by chapter. Yeah, I would start <laughs> over. Here's the thing. Only on Twilight, though. No way. Oh, yeah, God, no. God, no. I but that's how you read the series, right? Like, you read all of right, it, and then you read, you read all Twilight the again. you go back to the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when you we stop. only had Twilight, I read Twilight over and over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I'm, I'm just... dreading Breaking Dawn. <laughs> it's gonna be horrible. It's gonna be so fun. <laughs> I think so that we should long. do more movie commentaries. Oh, definitely. Um, um, listeners, do you guys even like... Okay, if you actually did what we asked you to do, which is cue us up and watch the movie with us please let me know because based on the listener statistics (laughs) i'm pretty sure all of you just listen to it like a podcast which a sounds so unentertaining b makes it sound like you heard every flaw that was in there because we had to leave it all in because we were watching the movie and c disappoints me yeah um i love the idea of you guys just like on your commute Listening to the listening movie to commentary without movie. the movie. I think that's hilarious <laughs> and way better than what I think it makes sense for like the like we're like we're talking about the first movie, but I feel like after that, you know, I don't know, the viewership at least seems like it would you know, I think you're rewatch the first I think the movie over people over. are movie people. I think the movie yeah. people have seen all the movies. Okay, yeah, I think tons of times. No, like it. 
know. Like, I think they know the movies. Yeah, I think we are in the minority by having seen the Twilight movie many times, but, like, not Not really the others. others. Um, I'm sure there are people like that, but I think we are in the minority. Yeah. I can't believe not a single one of us is a movie person. It makes sense considering we're in book publishing. I I guess so. (laughs) I don't know. And the fact that we were into the books first. Mm-hmm. If I had gotten into the movies first, maybe I'd be like, oh, yeah, I love the books. But, like, the movies are, like, comfort the food thing, to me, you know? Right. But, like, the book imprinted itself upon my psyche and caused untold issues. <laughs> um, anyway, anything new with you guys? No. Nope, nothing. Okay, let's read listener letters. <laughs> Um, we have an amazing email from our pal, Olivia, subject line, continuing my gay little thoughts. Fantastic. Oh, love gay thoughts. I went to a gay wedding. My very best friend. Listeners, if you remember. Olivia. Olivia, 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 Olivia. She was on a bonus episode on the Patreon. She got married. It was magical. Anyway, um, Olivia makes many great points but i'm gonna read you point number three (laughs) this also made me think about how horrible it would be to be a vampire with adhd she was talking about like not being able to sleep and how that means you never get a break from your brain and listeners i like olivia of the podcast and also my best friend no not the podcast of the the podcast podcast, listener and my best friend have adhd so i identified with this Like, in my opinion, my ADHD does have some advantages, like being able to remember vampire lore in extreme detail, (laughs) despite not being able to remember literally anything else in my life. But it also means that things that are boring feel like they take absolutely forever, and in my experience, your thoughts can feel so overwhelming. Sometimes I have too many thoughts and have to lie down just from trying to get through the day, so I can't even imagine not being able to sleep or turn your brain off. What if your ADHD was the quality that got amplified into your vampire superpower? There would be some cool aspects, probably a good fight slash escaper like Victoria, but it would be so hard. I was like, uh, oh shit. The okay, boredom. I have a question for you guys. Yes. If in the process of turning into a vampire, does it, quote, erase your mental illness? Because it's like... Stephanie would definitely say yes. Yeah, I think Stephanie would say yes, and in our headcanon, it would be no, because it feels offensive. (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah, because there's such a thin line between, like, disorder and what is just a difference of... Right. Yeah, like, if... Ways of being. Right. Like, if you don't have ADHD anymore, are you yourself? Right. I feel like I wouldn't, like, be Maya anymore without it. What if, in a very magical way, it got rid of the parts of it that you didn't like? <laughs> that would be sick. That'd be Although, dope. Like, do I enjoy minor depression? No, I do not. I could dump that one. You know what, turning though? Into a vampire. That would All be of the cool. good stuff you get, you probably would get from being a vampire anyway. Like, I mean, like, having lots of memory. thoughts at the same time. Go ahead. You yeah, got that. You got that already. Super memory. You that. got it. Um... Uh, one of the ways that I experience ADHD, which is very common with many other people, uh, is that boredom is, like, so painful. (laughs) Like, when I brush my teeth, I, like, have to be watching TikTok or else I just want to fucking die. (laughs) Um, and I cannot imagine just, like, being bored and it's, like, intensified because, like, like, what are you gonna do? You're a vampire. You've done everything cool. Life stretches out in front of you. (laughs) <laughs> um she also wrote four obsessed with melissa's interpretation of re wanting bella in a sexual way please send the link to the playlist so melissa, oh yeah my my sexy gay lady playlist did yeah. we forget to post it i didn't post it uh, okay oh send no because the right problem now. was so i was gonna post it and then i realized that my whole name is attached to it and you oh. and if you click on my name you can see everything that i listen to in all of my other playlists <laughs> why would you point that out to them right now i'm just saying i just realize it and so send it to just olivia you can trust her <laughs> okay <laughs> uh this is an amazing one it's from our pal mimi Hi. subject line Mimi. control f charlie's dinner and <gasps> cry i asked Ow. for it 
and the listeners delivered. Get out. I have no opinion about what Charlie's vampire power would be. What I do have is ebooks of all the Twilight yes. and some fun facts. Oh, bless the you. exact phrase Charlie's dinner actually only appears in Eclipse where it happens four times. What four the fuck? times. However, if you add in all the references Bella makes to Charlie's dinner, such as his dinner, here's your dinner, dad, telling people she has to go make dinner for Charlie, etc. <laughs> It's 27 times no. throughout the saga. In the four that, books? That's higher than I would have guessed. Funny. And you know, it doesn't really happen in Breaking Dawn at all. So that's really just... I would have guessed that it was only like maybe 10 times. It, oh like, I would have guessed it was the kind of thing that feels like it happens a million times, but doesn't actually oh happen a million times. It is more than 10 in Twilight alone. No. 12 in Twilight, 7 <gasps> in New Moon, 8 in Eclipse, and 0 in Breaking Dawn. Whoa. Um, oh and it's 28 if you count Edward's one reference to Bella making Charlie dinner <laughs> in Midnight Sun. <laughs> get it in midnight sign <laughs> also based on this research brand. bella knows how to cook steak and potatoes chicken enchiladas <laughs> fish and salad to go with it lasagna fried chicken casserole hamburgers and stroganoff i, I remember this, i remember all of those except the stroganoff those are very um, midwestern dinner for dad dishes for sure <laughs> In Eclipse, Smyre gives up entirely on describing what she's cooking, except for one mention of stroganoff, which is probably why the phrase Charlie's dinner starts showing up. So <laughs> that's Stephanie great analysis. Like, put dinner that is that it that I can that's see that direct correlation. Wow. Yes, because like first she's just like describing pulling lasagna out of the fridge and heating right. it up in the microwave. But then it's just like whatever, we need to get these people moving. Right. Um <laughs> And this, this kicker is fantastic. There are only nine references to Bo making Charlie dinner in <gasps> Life and Death. I can't believe Smyre was like, nothing would change if Bella was a boy, and then changed literally everything about the story <laughs> down to the number of times a Bo cooks wait, for Charlie. Okay, wait, what is it in Twilight Normal? Twelve? Twelve. Twelve. Took right. out wow. three. One third. Of the times. <laughs> I mean, I wow. am a little impressed that she still went in detail enough in this book to be like, yo, I'm, make, I'm still making dad's dinner. Like, that was something we argued in the first book was it necessary to include, but she was like, I still, I, I'm still definitely going to include that. She claimed that there would be no difference. <sighs> wow, that was high quality analysis. Thank you, Mimi, for your data and data analysis. Yeah. It was really highly, fantastic. highly appreciated. We also have some high quality analysis from Carly, subject line theory on Alice's inability <laughs> to predict Bella's power. Ooh, I found I this theory very compelling. And also I enjoy all of her euphemisms for the name Renesme. <laughs> I'm going to kind of jump ahead. Uh, it goes without saying that Bella has not decided at any point to get pregnant with Rhubarb, and it isn't until Bella decides to go through with the pregnancy that Bella's future disappears from Alice's vision of the future. I think Bella may not have had a reason to discover her power in the first place were it not for Rhinoceros existing. <laughs> <laughs> Once Rheumatoid is seen by Irina, Irina decides to tell the Volturi. This leads the Volturi to decide to pay the Cullens a visit to investigate. Then Alice has her vision of everything that takes place after, where the Cullens decide to elicit help, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to say too much because it's spoilers. Oh, you can't spoil something that old. It's all good. Yeah, but we don't, I don't remember, remember that much happened. about I know, what's going to happen. Don't <laughs> I don't want to spoil do I think Stephanie intended this to be the reason for Alice's ignorance to Bella's powers? Well, no. But working within the confines of her logic and world building, it's what I was able to come up with. And it's like, whoa, that makes a lot of sense. Like, Bella wouldn't have necessarily found out that she was a shield if she didn't have something to protect. Renez. Okay. My so maybe that's why Alice couldn't see. My counter-argument is that the decisions only matter when they change the course of how things are going. And so, like, at some point, she ends up on the course of action that will probably result in her pregnancy. Right. 
I think that at any point, if you interrogate it at all, it will fall apart. But (laughs) it's like, there are always reasons that it won't work. But it's fun to look for reasons that why it maybe does it work. does yeah. work. Yeah. You know, I think that maybe Midnight Sun made it make less sense. <laughs> Absolutely. Because yeah. in Midnight Sun, we get the idea that Alice can see many Multiple. versions yeah. and then kind of, in like, some like cases at least, assess the probabilities that something is going to happen right it's like right and oh well now there's only one thread where bella dies like actually it's right. fine like what needs to happen in order to make this particular future happen right and if she can do that it never makes sense for her to not know like anything right. anything because <laughs> it's like there's some thread where this happens so even if there's some future where bella has a power right. she can Alice see it be technically aware of it but whatever poor stephanie really you know what i've learned from this process never write about write a psychic character you're just (laughs) fucking yourself over it's not worth it don't do it i think you should do it if it's like a that's so raven (laughs) you get one flash kind of psychic you know (laughs) i really like the exploration because they kind of do this in that's a raven where you see the future and no matter what you do, that is the future that's going to happen. Yes, so, and they always like, think that they can and they all, you find a way think around that you it. Can find she never a way learns that lesson. That's right. also so that, the kind of yeah. time travel that I like. I like good time travel stories, but usually it only works for me if you cannot change the future. Right, right. We have... We asked our listeners to write in and explain a little about the host to us. <gasps> and our beloved listener, you guys really, Andrea. You guys are really delivering. Yeah, well, I love thanks that. Thanks for doing our jobs for us. Yeah, A, that. B, <laughs> we just throw things out. And then you're like, okay, I can do homework. You got it. If I were you guys, when I would just be walking around the street, I would kind of have my eyes open like, is that Andrea? That lady looks kind of like the little Andrea picture. That could be Oh, her. yeah. Well, Andrea yeah. is Melissa's neighbor, and now I'm sort of Melissa's neighbor, yeah, which means I'm also close. Andrea's neighbor. So, yeah, I realized this, like, the other day. You could just, happy. like, all be hanging out in the park one day and not yeah. even know it. It's not so even know. Or you could, like, get in, like, a screaming fight on the street and not even know that it's you're so friends, true. actually. Yeah, we're friends, actually. <laughs> um, Andrea writes... You asked for a review of the host. Well, I read about three chapters over a decade ago. (laughs) Absolutely killed me. I was like, yes, give me this analysis. It's head trippy in the same vein as the whole Edward reading Alice's mind, seeing the future kind of thing. Or how the vampire diaries continuously use the doppelganger personality swapping weirdness to keep the actors from losing their fucking minds over the same plot device season after season. I like that one, though. I haven't seen The Vampire Diaries. Maybe I'll watch it on our break. I've only seen a couple seasons. Please do. Didn't get far enough, but we know that Smyre is, one, a Mormon who isn't allowed to grind coffee beans, let alone bodies. Two, <laughs> capitalizing on her strengths. <laughs> Yearning is her amorous milieu. Did I say that right? I don't know. Milieu? 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 Yeah, that sounded great to me. Um, and then we have one more host email. Sub- it's from our pal CJ. Subject line. Hey, How come CJ. none of you like bugs? Bugs are cool. Because bugs are fucking scary, CJ. Yeah, they're scary. I, I will say bugs. I like, um, I like, okay, overall, I actually don't really think I have a problem with bugs. Yeah. It's very specific. You know, op, op, like uh, cockroaches, specifically. I respect their right to exist. Yeah. It's not in my home. That's the thing for me. Like, if I'm out in the world and I see a bug, I'm like, well, this makes sense. This is your realm. But when I'm in my home and I see a bug, I'm like, "Uh, uh, uh-uh-uh. This is my realm. I will say that my primary primary hang-up is spiders. Oh, God, I can't. They're so scary. They're so good. All right, so this email from CJ... First line, the host is bad. That's everything I need to know. (laughs) 
It got things like age gaps of a 17-year-old and a 27-year-old. To me, this feels worse than Bella That's, and Edward. I know. Bella and that Edward, is, like, at least, like, they, there's a way to explain it away. Right. It's bad, like, but it exists. technically 17. Right. But, like, Jesus. Also, the main villain is an alien inside a small brown woman who is described as being exceptionally rude and unlikable, which is odd since the aliens are all supposed to be super nice. But then when she gets separated from her host, it turns out it was a human woman who was rude and unlikable, and the main character feels bad for the alien who had to live inside her. Uh, (sighs) Would recommend you read Animorphs, though. (laughs) I would read Animorphs with you guys. I never read those. Oh my god, yeah, I never I never participated in Animorphs, but <laughs> sick covers though. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, now we know. All right, listen to this. The host yeah. is bad. Good to know. Host is bad. I mean, I kind of assumed that, but it's good to know. Yeah, that did sound like a lot of the parts about these books that I don't like. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Also, I never liked the cover for the host. No, the cover is stupid. I actually don't think it's, I sort of feel like it's not a bad cover, but I don't like it, so. That just means it's a bad cover, then. Maybe it's a bad cover. I, as a publishing professional, I draw a distinction there. (laughs) No, I don't. It could be a good cover (laughs) that I don't like. Any cover, anything that I don't like is bad. Sounds like you'd be a bad editor. (laughs) (laughs) If I like it, then it's good. No. Well, you true. have to like draw the distinction between yeah. what you can't the just like intended make... reader will like. Yeah, you can't just like you make like. the author change everything that you, you personally guys hate. are really That's narrowing in on a very general statement that I made that was very facetious. Yeah, but Melissa, this is like the whole point of our jobs existing. So we do feel strongly about like the point. It of is our whole also job. yes, I understand. And guess what? I'm a funny person who says. If I don't like it, it's bad. Do you know what this reminds me of? I do not. Um, uh, No, of course you don't. You're not in there. Uh, (laughs) One time, a long time ago, I was talking to my friend Maddie about Pokemon, and she was like, if Pokemon were real, I would, like, totally, like, go on the, I would do the whole gym thing. And I was like, well, I mean, you wouldn't actually if Pokemon were real, because it's, like, animal abuse. And immediately she goes, you're making this really personal right now. <laughs> what an amazing way to win an argument. Like, she was wrong. Um, it is animal abuse. You wouldn't actually do that in real life. But obviously, what do I fucking say after that? But after obviously, you're making this really so dramatic. I don't Pokemon have time exists, for this. I this don't have time reality for you. Where it's not animal abuse. They fight until they faint. Yeah, and in the show, it's not abusive. It, it I've also riled. I enjoy of the show. I love riling people up by calling Pokemon <laughs> animal abuse. <laughs> the Pokemon lovers hate it so much. I'm like, it's literally dog fighting. Like you just trap them and then force them to fight each other, and they're always like. Yeah, but all they do is faint. They and I'm like, like oh, it. so they get knocked unconscious routinely and get a bunch of concussions and that's From the chill. anime, you can tell that it hurts too. Like <laughs> it look, I love Pokemon. I love do you know how much fun I'm having with Arceus? I love Pokemon. But like it is animal, animal abuse. abuse. Okay, but in the world of Pokemon, it's not animal abuse. And so if it's, Pokemon it were thinly, real, thinly, they just don't thinly veiled. No. It is. They just don't like say that it is because they don't want to think like, of it as animal abuse. Yeah, either. you can look at some animals that fight each other and be like, "See, they just do it themselves." But you've put them in circumstances. No, that's the whole that whole realm of Pokemon. It's surround. It's all because of these Pokemon that want to like fight with each other. And there's these gyms. No, it's like a they whole... also say the Pokemon didn't invent the gyms. They also <laughs> say that the Pokemon like being caught. If they like like being yeah. caught why, why do they, they run away so from hard. you and yeah fight so hard to not get I'm caught God. they don't like because they just like it's animal abuse yeah. it's animal abuse melissa okay. and you're making this really personal right now <laughs> you okay. made it personal first you it made sounds it personal. like it's time to talk about twilight <laughs> <laughs> 
think it's my turn to recap. Is that true? Yeah, which is good because Melissa and I can't do I it. Right can't, now. Yeah, you guys are both way too riled up. All right, let's go. I'm just gonna dive right in. We're talking about the epilogue. It's I'm called this epilogue. Choice, and then it has Jacob Black's name really large below that. <sighs> it's not very long. Here's what happens: Jacob is being sad on a cliff. Leah comes, and they're both bitches to each other. They're just, like, super fucking mean. He's like, you suck. Nobody wants to be in your brain. And she's like, you suck. Nobody wants to be in your brain. Stop pining after this lame girl who's, like, trying to be a vampire that's so disgusting. She'll probably just die anyway. And he's like, fuck you, Leah. And she's like, fuck you, too. And then she runs off and is a wolf. And he's like, now I can't run off and be a wolf because then I would have to hear her brain. And she would be able to hear my brain. Um, so, I don't know. Then he, like, does that anyways, even though he's really sad and mad about it. Um, and he's just, he's, he's real sad. He's, like, very sad. Oh, no, then he goes home. Sorry. Okay, then he goes home because he has nothing better to do. And Billy is, like, talking in circles around him. And he's like, Billy has something to say to me, and I don't know what it is, and I don't want to know what it is. The thing that it is is... Bella and Edward's wedding invitation. Uh, Edward has written him this little note about how he is not supposed to send this to him, but if it was him, he would want to be invited and be able to decide. Jacob is really pissed, and that's when he runs off and turns into a wolf because pain is, like, bad as a wolf, but it's, like, dulled. It's not the same as when you're human. Um, and then Sam makes everybody stop being a wolf so that Jacob can be alone in his head, and then he runs and runs away, and then sort of implies that he'll maybe just be a wolf forever. And then it ends. Good job. Um, I'm going to give you an 8.78. Yes. I'm just going to go with, with a solid 8. All right. I'll take it. Um, here's my immediate thought. Stupid. I like the page design of what they did <laughs> with the Jacob thing. Because I think that if this book came out in the year of our Lord, 2022, we would really over-design this. We'd be like, it's a new point of view for the first time. How will they know? (laughs) Jacob would be like, center the page, like completely different font, like (laughs) stuff around it. Some background or, yeah. yeah. Uh, But this is classy. They did a good job. I mean, isn't it just the same as... The rest of the book? Well, no, because they added his name, Jacob. Well, then, yeah, it's just his name, though, but otherwise it's the same. I mean, it's like a slightly larger font. It's justified left instead of being cent- um, centered. Uh, I just think it was a classy page design. I think choice. your book I'll is different that. than mine. What? What, what is yours? Here's what mine looks like. Yeah, mine looks like Maya's. Justified. Hold on. Just his name, we mean, is justified left. Yeah, I thought you were talking about the rest of the text. No, just no. Oh, the just part that like yeah, indicates like re- that it's a like, new POV. Oh, but the, the body rest of the text. text is, the body is text the same. is the same. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Thank God. Um, Jacob is really acting like he's the only person in the world to ever be dumped. <laughs> um, okay, but like so's Leo. Yeah, like, Leah could really connect because they have the same kind of thing going on. The person they love. Pick someone else. Yeah, pick somebody else. I think it's harder to really connect with someone like that if you're able to, like, just constantly read their mind. I feel like it should be easier. Because on the outside, both of them put up this, like, really bitchy defense mechanism but they can literally hear each other being sad on the inside when they're both wolves. So it seems like you should get more like, like I think it would humanize people to be able to hear their thoughts. Although, I feel like if you always got my inner gooey, my exterior would be extra walls. If that make, does that make I sense? I would feel like Because like we do think about ourselves so much that it's like maybe everyone would just seem like an egomaniac if you listen to them all day long. Yeah. Maybe. I think I would feel embarrassed if you could read yes. my thoughts oh, for me it would be to be awful. No, no, no. I mean, if you could read my thoughts, it would be embarrassing for me to externally it... act different than what my thoughts are. 
because it's like it you be... know the truth right. so if you see me putting up a front you also know it's a front and that's even more embarrassing I, right i you kind know of look at it as like you know i'm someone who if i accidentally fart in the room <laughs> i don't acknowledge it we all know i farted but none of us well are maybe say we anything. don't if you don't acknowledge it there's no this but i'm talking of... about like if you, if if everyone like really I does like say like I'm in a, in my this room with my roommates and I fart, all of us don't acknowledge the fact that I fart. <laughs> I don't acknowledge it. They don't acknowledge it. We just pretend it didn't happen, but we all know it happened. Yeah. So you're saying that's what your thoughts would be? Like yeah, everyone would know, and what, nobody like everyone knows what I'm thinking. Okay, but. but... Like the, the sense of my sense of, you know, boundaries and self would be like, I can, I get to act however I want to act. Like you're already in my ooey gooey thoughts. So yes. Like, but also you would hear them think, oh, Melissa just farted. <laughs> yeah. And it would be, like, be as if your farts could talk to each other. <laughs> I say, I just think that be, being forced to have my ooey gooey thoughts on display would then make i feel like i would have a very leah response and like i'm gonna be extra barbie yeah and on the outside i would try to disappear i'd be like i don't want to be around you because you know too much yeah i don't want to have to face yeah leah very much just like comes to needle him right yeah well yeah i would really like to get over it as yeah. like Leah, you're not over it. Yeah, you're the least I mean, over it person we know. Yeah, he's like, yeah, you're you're fucking not over Sam. So like, don't you fuck talk to me. And uh, she there's... says, "You have no idea how hard this is for me." And I'm like, "Doesn't he literally, very <laughs> yeah, he literally did. know better than anyone can ever know anything else?" I mean, I do think that we're getting. I I do think that Stephanie could be a little clearer on what exactly is shared between wolves. Like, you know, is it is it thoughts? Is it everything? Your feelings, your thoughts, your memories? Like, what exactly is? It seems this? more like Edward's deal than anything else. Like, it does seem like mostly they hear their like out loud thoughts. Right, but I also feel like it's also just currently what is what you're experiencing is so i feel like if you just generally or maybe are sad about something yeah if it's not like an active i'm sad that's not necessarily something that's transmitted i, oh, think, I was gonna say i it think is. that it is oh. because leah says this is making me sick jacob can you imagine what this feels like to me i don't even like Bella Swan and you've got me grieving over this leech lover like I'm in love with her too can you see where that might be a little confusing I dreamed about kissing her last night what the hell am I supposed to do with that like but that makes sense to me because she Jacob is, feeling... is actively he is thinking about she's it all. actively only able to process this but sad like thing. I think this implies that he's not just thinking the words I'm so sad mm. right like mm. It's Leah is too. picking up his emotions, yeah. Right. I just, That's instead true. of, yeah, instead of, like, I don't know, the, the idea that we all know exactly what everyone is feeling about anything at any given time, I, I, I hope it's more of a... I'm, this is the thing that I'm actively thinking and feeling about, so that's what you're picking up on. Oh, like, then, if it's heightened, then right, like my maybe primary they would feel emotion the emotion. Is but if you're you just kind of, like, vaguely despondent, right. maybe they wouldn't pick that right. up. Yeah, like, I do think there's, like, a loudness aspect to it. Right. And as Edward says, he's, like, kind of loud. So, <laughs> you know, maybe in, like, regular wolfdom, you know, you can kind of ignore a lot of, like, the sort of more general, like, if yeah, Leah probably. has just is just, like, generally sad, you know, there's other things that she's probably actively communicating. Mm-hmm. And Here's something... That did not make a lot of sense to me. This whole chapter, Jacob is saying, like, the pain is easier to bear as a wolf because it's like, like, you're like an animal, you know? He doesn't really but, explain why. No, he doesn't really. But their thoughts are still human thoughts. Like, it's, they're like speaking yeah. in English to each other. Right. So it's like... Right, that just, which like, we know because, to me because Edward can still read their thoughts even when they're mm-hmm. wolves. Yeah, I know. I do remember thinking, I'm like, oh, what if they just are communicating in some kind of like wolfy like, vibes, vibes? But you, but no, Edward. But we get dialogue from. Yeah, we get dialogue. Um, 
I was like, how is being a wolf any better when your thoughts are your regular thoughts? <laughs> right. I don't know. Like, maybe how could your like, feelings be less complex if your thoughts are equally as complex? I think it, it well might said. be, like, your, you know, the way you experience the world is probably different. And yeah. since you're generally a human person, experiencing the world as an animal might be like, oh, this kind of trumps anything that my human self was like super worried about he does say mm -hmm. that when you're a wolf your instincts are larger than your emotions mm -hmm. um right right but he's like so tied up in his like instinctual beef with the collins he says like if bella like changed when her scent burned in my nostrils and triggered the instinct to rip to tear how would that be could i want to kill her like this is an instinctual thing, so I also kind of feel like when you turn into a wolf, because you're trying to escape your Bella feelings, how does that not just translate directly into your instincts to, like, kill Edward? To, like, go find him and fight? I mean, yeah. It, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, because they're very obviously capable of, like, keeping their rational thoughts with them when they're wolves. Like, mm -hmm. you know, they're very able to still, like, act as their human selves would act so yeah it's a little blurry when they're like oh my instincts took over i'm like yeah not really though <laughs> yeah um jacob also is like very concerned with the idea that edward might kill bella while changing her well leah literally brings it up yeah that's like, true. well probably he'll just murder her by accident so it happens all the time in the stories I know that Jacob and Edward aren't, like, super close pals, but after Bella is like, Jacob, like, don't believe all the stories, I would be like, all right, um, but I am concerned about you dying, so could you maybe just tell me more about it? Because I've always heard that you would die, and you're telling me you're not going to. And she'd be like, oh, yeah, Carlisle has done this, like, seven times. Right. It's going to be fine. Okay, but also, vampires exist. So yeah. sometimes they don't get murdered. <laughs> Yeah, I like, would. I would bring up like the very the I think the point that she's brought up is you know the fact that Bella is even alive right now to have this conversation with you is yeah. because Edward wants her to be alive, right? Yeah. So I mean, more communication would really be overall great. Yeah, but then we wouldn't have any conflict, and there would be no plot. So <laughs> I'm under the impression that Jacob doesn't know that much about how it all actually no. works. Oh, no. definitely not. Definitely. Um, so if, you know, they did just communicate and Jacob was like, oh, it's a bite? Well, you've tasted her blood before and she lived. Yeah, right. that's like, you're going to get through that. He would not be so stressed. Question that I just thought of. Is there an instance where, you know, you get, you get bitten and you get the venom and like your body like can't handle, I don't know, the process or the change? Like, I feel like maybe I don't, maybe I'm confusing this with another vampire story but like i also feel like there's some idea where like i don't know it's such because it is supposed to be a painful process like it's so dramatic and traumatic that some people don't survive it i, I think, think there are instances where it's too late to turn that person into a yeah, vampire right like You're too close to dead yeah their body is too broken or whatever mm -hmm. um but the venom i think starts like the healing and transformation right. process mm -hmm. basically immediately and so if you're not on death's door the transformation wouldn't kill you right I'm trying, man what there is a vampire story that i'm thinking of particularly right now like where that. like you know turning into a vampire is like a traumatic experience and you might well, not survive it this but, like, is that's traumatic. not that's not this scenario listeners right in <laughs> Tell us what you think that is. Listeners, if you were 24 hours from dying, and it takes, what, two, three days for the transformation? I forget which. Three. Uh, if you're 24 hours from dying of thirst, and you get bitten, do you turn into a vampire, or do you die of thirst first? Let us know. Turn into a vampire, for sure. I think, I think turn so. into a vampire. I think probably turn into a vampire, but I'm not sure. They have this weird thing about how Leah, as Maya read, dreams about kissing <laughs> Bella, so then Jacob... I was like, you should explore that. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> um, maybe this has nothing to do with Jacob. Did you ever think about that, Leah? 
Yeah, um, maybe you think Bella's cute. <laughs> then Jacob is like, if you're upset about gender confusion, Leah, oh god, do you think the rest annoying. of us looking Ugh. like looking at Sam through your eyes? Ugh. Oh, there's so many. There's so. This many is just like so 2007. Yes. <laughs> Like, really? I think what he means is sexuality. Uh, Oh my god, this book is from 2007, I was right. Um, Also, like, uh, exactly opposite, there's also this line. I remembered back to when I used to think that Leah was pretty, maybe even beautiful. That was a long time ago. No one thought of her that way now, except for Sam. Uh, And then he calls her a bitter harpy. (laughs) <laughs> which i just felt like there was a lot to unpack there, there are so many about, like, problems attractiveness and women in this and... chapter like there's underlying misogyny through this entire saga mm-hmm. but in jacob's point of view it really jumps it's out literally like like it is a conscious choice to make him like misogynistic asshole like wow no wonder bella didn't pick him <laughs> this guy this winner <laughs> The gender confusion um, line did just feel like dated and and um, uh, very much ignorant. To me, like, right, you don't ignorant. know what you're talking about. Yes, yeah. but the bitter harpy. We, none of us think that she's pretty now. Yeah, I was like, fuck off. A lot more misogynistic. <laughs> fuck off. Um, especially because when you turn into a werewolf, you like age very quickly. Mm. You know to to like about 25 so i guess when she was 18 she was young and pretty but at 25 Ugh. she's an ancient crow oh well, that one god um i know like listen people do get less attractive when you don't like them but like the whole like because she's the only girl who turns into a werewolf like right the fact that he thinks that she needs to be attractive like i don't like it mm. I don't like it. And it's like, people get less attractive when you don't like them, but if you thought she was beautiful before, you'd probably think that she's like a too hard or like less appealing kind of beauty. Right. Uh Right. Like Rosalie, like like mean girl pretty. Plus like, I mean, Leah is mean in this chapter, but like mostly she's just like kind of brusque. You know, she's just, like, not We get feminine. more of her in, in Breaking Dawn, right? Yeah. You know what? I would like to make an argument in defense of Leah. I'm crafting it in my head as I speak. Oh, I fully am t- on Team Leah. I know. While Leah is cruel in this chapter, I don't think that she's necessarily mean-spirited. No. Because Jacob is alone and upset, and she goes and, mm-hmm. like on some level is trying to be helpful she's like you should get over it yeah she's like you would feel better if you got over this and as the person who does understand what he's going through the most i could see her being like look i don't want to get all like mushy about how i know what he's going through yeah i'm like one of the guys in this pack essentially He's not going to respond to that. I'm going to be like, come on, pal, get over it. And it just, like, comes out mean, and he's mean to her, and then they're mean to each other. I I definitely read this as I am not seeing the the larger picture of their day-to-day interactions in which they're all bitches to Leah constantly. Like, just, like, you know, the underlying constant misogyny is just always there. And so, like, to me, I read this, and I was like, you know what, Leah, yeah, Tell him to shut the fuck up. You say what you want, Leah. Yeah. Of you course, I, can, back. I have no actual written word to like support that. Yeah, but that. we've like heard Jacob talk, so yeah. we do so, know. I mean, it's true. very siblingy, also. Yes, yes, it is. And then we come to my least favorite part of the chapter. Jacob decides to head home and because of the fact that Charlie saw him on the day of the supposed motorcycle accident mm-hmm. when really he was attacked by vampires, he needs to like put up this front that he's injured. Um, and so he says, I pulled my arm through the redacted sling and grabbed my crutches. Um he did not say redacted, he said the other R word. And to me, that is the nastiest word on the planet. This was um, so jarring to read. I know. Like, 
When it's, did that become like like, like I remember it specifically pop? like happening like okay we're not right. using that word anymore. Yes. I in elementary school was like having this fight with people. Yeah. Like absolutely not you do not say that word. I I definitely remember in elementary school it being a regular part of even my vocabulary and then mm-hmm. in middle school you know everyone was like okay but here's no, why you don't say a, that word this is why you don't say it thinking about other people empathy etc and then i was like oh okay but like that was definitely pre 2007 yeah my mom is a special ed teacher so i think i was like on board that train from birth because yeah. like you yeah. know she was never going to put up with that right and so Okay, I don't think this word is actually the worst word in the world. I think, like, racial um, <laughs> slurs are... There's a lot of really lot bad words. Are on, <laughs> on par with it. Mm-hmm. But I definitely think it's worse than, like, cunt. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I will, like, playfully call a friend a cunt. <laughs> I would never say this word. I was, like, so upset to read this that I wanted to write in and be like, I think you guys should do a reprint correction. Oh, I thought yeah. you meant write into us. Oh, no. I was like, why would you write into our own podcast? I want to write in to Little Brown Books for Young yeah. Readers and, and be like, I like this is harmful. I really think you guys should do a reprint correction. I'm trying to think where this? and when I got this copy. I wondered about getting an ebook just to check, but I was just like, I'm not going to spend like $10. Oh, no, uh, uh, Mimi, <laughs> when did you purchase your ebooks and <laughs> is it still in there? Yeah, first, but I don't even want you to have to search it. But if you do, let us know. The first paperback edition my book says came out in 2009. So in 2009, at least, they very much so were like, whatever. Yeah. Um, oh pretty wild. I can't tell what when what year this specific book is from. Pretty wild. Oh, horrible. All right, then Jacob goes home. Billy jabbers on about Sue, how obsessed he is with Sue, how great Sue is. How Amazing cool Sue woman. Is. Uh, and then. Tougher than Grizzlies. Finally gets so around to the beautiful. wedding invitation. <laughs> Jacob is like, Bella wouldn't even like this. This is so un Bella. She clearly had nothing to do with creating this. God, beautiful he just knows wedding her invitation. so well her. and just ignores it so whenever well. presented with the the information that he she directly gives him. <laughs> yeah, look. If we were in Bella's head for this, she'd probably be like, Alice kind of went overboard on the invitations, but they were really pretty. Right, she'd probably be like, <laughs> like oh, they are, like, really elegant. It's, yeah. not this, it's not something I would know to pick, but I don't hate it. <laughs> yeah, she'd be like, yeah, it looks good. You're probably like, right. Like, she has great taste. <laughs> um, and then Edward is like, you're not supposed to have this, I wasn't supposed to send it, but I know that if things had gone the other way, I would have wanted the choice. I promise I will take care of her, Jacob. Thank you for her, for everything, Edward. Oh, like, you don't. I was like, you already thanked him for that new moon shit. I was like, you don't owe him anything else. <laughs> yeah, I was face. like, Bella is not Jacob's to give. Yeah, and you could make the argument like, okay, well, I'm thanking Jacob for taking care of her in New Moon, so right. that she's okay now. But like, Bella wasn't going to like die you know she was like super depressed but she was functioning in a bare minimum way so when edward eventually Eventually. showed up again we know that he was about to anyway yeah like she like would (laughs) have rebounded eventually it would have been slower without jacob's you know support but like she would have gotten there you don't need to thank him he sexually assaulted your fiance. Yeah, literally. Multiple you times. guys Multiple times. are very much deeply right. And I was just on the romance train. I was like, <laughs> you know, Edward's like fancy little script. He's taking the high road. He's like, I really did think I might lose her because I'm a humble person. And I'm just trying to like be a good fiance. And I'm going to like thank you because I'm a good person. Maybe he is um, being generous to Jacob and thanking him even though he doesn't deserve it. You know, (laughs) if I were Edward, I would really use this opportunity to pretend to be a better person. I mean, it's just a letter. We don't know if he meant any of this. The invitation to my wedding that uh, (laughs) is my wedding, not yours. I mean, we do know that he's (laughs) capable of that. 
Imagine um, if Edward sent him the ed- invitation, knowing he wasn't going to show up, but, like, maybe he'll send a gift. <laughs> <laughs> like, when you do a destination wedding. Just like, listen, uh, I know that if it were me, I would want an invitation, when really, I'm sure that's, I don't know if that's entirely that might true, be true, but, like, I would say that. <laughs> In my front of being, uh, just really generous and like put together. I mean, it's easy. Person. It's easy when you've already won. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jacob then runs off. He doesn't really have any commentary. He's just very upset. He's so just he like runs. Well, feelings. Strews his clothes out behind him. And I was then... like, imagine if you're the neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but I'm sure at this point, all of them just, like, sporadically get naked, like... Yeah. (laughs) You would just, like, see naked men in your woods every once in a while. And you're like, wow! That's some some neat club. These days are really weird. (laughs) Um, Enbry and Quill try to go after him, and he's like, fuck off. And then Sam is like, go ahead, just let him go, it's fine. So they all phase back into humans so that he can be alone. And he runs off. Do you guys feel that this epilogue and the end of this epilogue close out the story in a way that is more satisfying than just, like, the end of the Bella's end of chapter? last chapter? No. No. I thought a lot about this also. I, at starting this epilogue, I was like, okay, why does this epilogue exist? And a reason I could think is because... Bella's main narration is, like, pretty wrapped up in a way that, like, doesn't keep you wanting more, really. Like, you, you right. know, you want to come back for, like, the wedding. Right. But they've already decided but you're not to get hanging. married. So, like, there's right. no, like, ongoing conflict. Right. So the purpose of this epilogue could be to establish the ongoing conflict. Which, like, but... sort of, kind of does. But then at the end, I feel like it sort of implies, in a really weird way, that Jacob really might fuck off. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, Bella and Edward are going to be happy together. They're going to get married. Bella and Jacob are going to have some kind of tenuous, long-distant relationship. And then it's like, well, Jacob might not stick around for that. You know, he might forge right. his own path. I think knowing... That could just be the end. That could be the end. Right. I think knowing what, you know, happens in Breaking Dawn kind of makes this epilogue not mean anything. It could. Like, I do think it would be a good epilogue if, like, okay, we're, we are getting a closing chapter on this conflict specifically between Jacob and Bella. And this is, you know, his final parting word on it. But, like, it's not. <laughs> yeah. Do you think she did it to establish a different POV because she already knew that she was going to do it in Breaking Dawn and she didn't want it to be just one book? I don't think she needed to... to... That was my theory. Yeah. Yeah, that was my theory that going into Breaking Dawn, she was like, I want them to, like, hear Jacob's voice. Terrible voice. It, like, feels continuous. And also, if... If I think back to reading this for the first time, I was probably like, holy shit, Jacob's right. head! You know, like... Right. Which is not how I feel now. No. Um, but it also, like, doesn't but yeah, really... I don't it, like, like it. almost wraps up too much if that's what you're going for. Right. The continuation of the conflict. And it is sort of an interesting bookend, I guess, because the first chapter, after the prologue, we get inside of Jacob's head a little. It starts off with a note that he's oh, written to note. Bella. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it's crossed through. Instead of just starting oh, yeah. on a new piece of paper, he Well, then otherwise we don't know what he says. <laughs> yeah. So she, like, gets us literally inside his head right. Right. with this note and then finishes it off that way. That's so maybe true. she thought there was, like, I a wish it would have been. I would have liked to finish off with with also a note in the similar way. I don't mm. need. I don't need. That Jacob's might have been whole, a better device. Yeah, point of view here. I think we should probably read the ending. Should I read like the whole big chunk? Okay. Or just the very ending. Follow I'll your read heart. The very, I'll read the very ending. If the silence in my head lasted, I would never go back. I wouldn't be the first one to choose this form over the other. He means wolf over human. 
Maybe if I ran far enough away, I would never have to hear again. I pushed my legs faster, letting Jacob Black disappear behind me. That's very like abandoning my life forever. Right. Yeah. Which is not what he does. Which is right. No. We ultimately know <laughs> definitely not the case. He so probably I guess maybe it's like very soon. sort of a cliffhanger, but like not really. Right. I don't I know. mean, I definitely remember reading this and being like, oh, great. So, like, no more of this whole love triangle show. <laughs> Obviously, Jokes. that's not the case. <laughs> I will say, I mean, they as, are, like, getting married. <laughs> as an editor on a book that I will not name, um, I had the author write an epilogue. I was like, you know, I love the ending, but I just feel like... Like, it's going to be more satisfying if we, like, get a little more from these characters. Like, why don't you write an epilogue? And I read the epilogue, and I was like, this is amazing. You did a great job. Um, But it was better before, actually. We don't need the epilogue. Sorry that you spent all this time working on this. Uh, Let's cut it. And maybe... It's so funny. It's like the editor was like, I think we need an epilogue. And then didn't feel like she could say, actually, it doesn't work. This feels very Stephanie to me. Yeah, it's true. Right. It does have very Stephanie vibes. I think, it, I think vibes. it feels very Stephanie. Like you could have left us wanting more, and you didn't. <laughs> that's that's Stephanie's whole thing. I would say Stephanie's main flaw is not being able to leave us wanting more. Yeah, she doesn't kill her darlings. <laughs> Midnight Sun. <laughs> exactly. She didn't kill a single darling. She no. wrote them all down, and nobody told her to delete them, and then she yeah. didn't. Yeah. Or they did, and that's what we and were she left didn't with. Anyways. <laughs> um, I feel like maybe a way to make this stronger would be to cut the epilogue, but to make the ending of Bella's chapter feel a little more like unfinished, you know? Oh right. yeah, like her ending, her her ending, her, her chapter is very conclusive. Yeah, like that could be the end of the series. Yeah, and in my head, in many ways, it is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because like, there's no big bad. No, I guess I'll guess the Volturi. There is no overarching. I'm no, I'm wrong. There is still a big bad, be- and that's the only reason that they show up in this weird double climax. But right. it's like because it's the Volturi, a big bad. but she's gonna turn into a vampire in two seconds. So right, Volturi, right. Like, so it's not no actually conflict. Right. <laughs> like what? There could have been was... conflict, and then they were like, "Okay, chill. We'll come check." later and they'll be like okay well she'll be a a vampire and they're like okay (laughs) what if there was some kind of like unresolved mystery like some aspect of the newborn army that they never did figure out Mm -hmm. or what if it's like the volturi come and they're like oh bella you're gonna be a vampire soon well that's great so we don't have to kill you but aro is going to want you Mm -hmm. like just so you know just so you can expect this and we will be able to find you right so get ready to move to italy and then the big bad is like how are they going to get out of this yeah that's a good one that's see that would be great then aro shows up to collect her and they're like oh dip there's a baby (laughs) (laughs) you know what else maybe would work emotionally is if bella actually had some doubts about becoming a vampire like Ooh, cool, yeah. yeah. If she had done some self-reflection. I mean, that and, would be amazing. Like, that would be amazing. You know what's a major levels. conflict is, like, either faking your own death or ghosting your own parents. Like, how right. is that going to happen? But we don't know. It's just kind of like, vampire and whatever, it's, it's going to be fine. I'm going to get married and then it'll all be chill. It's, like, being a vampire is the easiest thing for her. That's unresolved. Like, isn't yeah. a crazed blood sucker. She just is herself and better. Or what if it was, like, she was scared of what her power was going to be for some reason? Like, what if it amplifies this thing that I hate about myself? I don't know. What if they did have sex in the meadow and she's like, (laughs) actually, that slapped and I'm not ready to give that up? Because that happens in Breaking Dawn. They Mm -hmm. have sex and she's like, yeah, you actually don't need to turn me for a while. Like, I could wait a few years if we keep doing it. And so then she's like... I mean, do I turn into a vampire and risk the Volturi coming after me? Or do I do what I really want to do in my heart, which is stay human for a few more years and, like, go to college and yeah. live with Edward? Yeah. Even that would be, like... Something. Yeah. Right, but even that choice is taken away from her because she just gets pregnant. <laughs> and it's like, all right. That's a well, clip. Best sentence, worst sentence? 
I don't even know. I got my worst. I don't even think it's like terrible writing. I don't think it is terrible writing. Um, I just don't think it makes a ton of sense. Jacob says, I had to believe that Bella would survive. But that required trust. A trust I didn't want to feel. A trust in that bloodsucker's ability to keep her alive. If you love Bella so much, <laughs> then why don't you want to be able to trust that he can keep her alive? Right. Just because you have beef with him? You can't overcome that to be happy that she's going to stay alive? Mm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go with this for my worst, I guess. Sam was never going to forgive himself like it was his fault that she'd turned into this bitter harpy. I just feel like harpy, harpy's like overly cruel there. For and bitter is so pointed. I don't know. And like, maybe it is a little Uncomfy. your fault, bro. You are apparently in love with her but broke up with her because of an imprinting, like whatever. But like, yeah, you did, you did do something bad. So <laughs> maybe you should think on that. Yeah, and we're not told how that breakup went. No. No. We don't... For all we know, Sam was like, Hey, I'm dating your cousin. We're done! <laughs> and then afterwards was like, I'm sorry how I handled that. That's <laughs> um, true. How you handle the situation really does <laughs> impact how, how you react to it afterwards. For sure. Um, you know, I think my best sentence is just uh, the idea that Leah is dreaming about kissing Bella. And, you know, I wish she would really explore that more. But just the fact that she's like, you know, in a place where she can have that dream, I'm really happy for her. <laughs> That's my best um, sentence. My best I don't think is all that great. And I also kind of have problems with it, but I also kind of like it. Like anyone in the pack, Leah knew everything. She knew why I came here to the very edge of the earth and sky and sea. I liked um, I that think, a lot. Yeah, I think that that is a classic, beautiful Stephanie Meyer description. She's so good at nature descriptions. Uh, however, this is like the third paragraph from Jacob's point of view, and it doesn't sound like his voice at all. Mm -hmm. um, and so, like, from that story perspective i have beef with it but it was really pretty interesting i have a similar one that comes at the end that i think maybe works better because he's in his wolf form and because it's the end of the book so you just kind of like let them be poetic even if it doesn't make sense <laughs> yeah it's Here's like mine. they earned it they wrote a whole <laughs> book <laughs> now i could hear the faint rustle of the matted leaves beneath my toenails the whisper of an owl's wings above me the ocean far far in the west moaning against the beach hear this and nothing more feel nothing but speed nothing but the pull of muscle sinew and bone working together in harmony as the miles disappeared behind me that was nice and then that whole part that i read before my yeah. my worst um is just a sentence that i thought about a lot and i probably shouldn't have so <laughs> Yeah, that never goes well. <laughs> uh, it's just the part where uh, Jacob is like, I closed my eyes and fought the hot taste in my mouth. And I was like, what's hot taste? Like, yeah. Do you taste hot? Or is it like a, is a separate thing that... Uh, I... <laughs> I imagine it as like, kind of like a bloody, like coppery yeah. taste. But that would be a much more, I think, a better way of describing it than just saying hot taste. Put me in, coach. <laughs> <laughs> and wouldn't that be, like, kind of, you know, good? Because he's like, oh, he's describing, like, the taste of blood. And isn't that, like, the thing that, you know, he's so abhorrent with vampires about? But guess what? We all have, we all, we all have connections, people. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I probably told you guys about when I was really scared to have my wisdom teeth out and they were trying to calm me down and I wouldn't calm down and the laughing gas did not work on me and they were trying to reason with me and they were like what are you afraid of and I said having blood in my mouth and they were like oh well that's gonna happen and I was like I know that's why I'm scared <laughs> like I'm not scared that I'm gonna die of this procedure I know that's probably not gonna happen I'm scared of the other thing that I know will happen that I'm not gonna like it's very Bella you don't like the taste of blood 
Yeah. Guess what? We get to find out real soon what happens when she does drink blood. Because it's time well, for Breaking Dawn. Do we want to read Breaking Dawn next, or do we want to do Short Second Life of Brie Tanner? No, we're going, we're doing Breaking Dawn. Okay, we're doing Breaking Dawn <laughs> All next. All right. Um, guys, as we mentioned, we're taking a little break for a while. I don't know. We'll be back. Don't worry. We promise to be back. Oh, yeah, it'll happen. Um, Approximately six weeks. Email us with questions, comments, and breakup letters to Eclipse as a book <laughs> at twilightfacepodcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to support us, check out patreon.com slash twilightfacepodcast. We will be paused for April, but then back. Uh, thank you to our patrons, Melina, Bridget, Karen, Ed, Laura, Andrea, Leamy, James, Melissa, Chance, King's Gambit, Miriam, Rachel, Danny, Olivia, and Sabine. You can follow us at twilight underscore phase on twitter and insta and twilight phase podcast on tumblr disclaimer we own nothing the twilight universe and all characters belong only to stephanie meyer please don't sue us audio editing by olivia valcarce cover image by laura Shermer. our theme music is written and performed by adrian mooring we'll be back in approximately six weeks <laughs> and if you don't like it too bad fight me fight me We love you guys. Thanks for being on this journey with us.